Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. How's it going, Coastline? Y'all having a good weekend so far? Yeah, a couple of people are? Good, good. Um, man, I uh, coming over the bridge this morning, I saw so many people going out on the boats and uh, having a, a fantastic time. Apparently, we're supposed to have like record-breaking heat for uh, the month of February coming into this next week, so that'll be great. Uh, for all the people, normally I take a second and welcome all the people tuning in online. People that are online tonight, you get today, this morning, you guys are probably like out on the boat or at the beach, and that I I want to thank all the people here that are in person. Thanks for coming to church. We can go to the beach today. We are going to the beach today. We're excited about that. Um, but yeah, man, I'm excited for this morning. Man, it's been a uh, a fantastic uh, few weeks as we've been going through as a church uh, this series uh, called A Better Way. You know, we've been. Um, talking about how in the beginning of each year you see all these people post uh, stuff on social media and on uh, their Instagram page and all that of like hashtag new year, new me, right? And people are out, you know, they're doing, uh, they're on weight loss journeys, they're on new health kicks, they're getting their hair done, uh, and everybody's excited for a, a, new, a new season, a new experience. But the truth is when it comes to our lives, we're, we're the same people that we were in December, uh, but hopefully, as we as we do life just a little bit differently, as we as we choose a better way, uh, we have an opportunity to experience uh, maybe new life, maybe experience uh, things differently than what they were last year. How many of you guys already have uh, started? Maybe you you started a little health journey or something. You went to the gym, started going to the gym. You already started to lose a little bit of weight. Anybody? Some people start a new diet. You feeling better? Anybody feeling better? You feel like a new you yet? Some people. Sweet. Keep going, man. Keep doing it. Um, as we started this series off a few weeks ago, we've been going through these different aspects of how we follow Christ, how we can experience a new life, a new way, a better way at doing life than what we did last year. Uh, the past couple of weeks, we've talked about uh, the importance of uh, humility and serving one another, uh, right? God said we're supposed to love him with all. That means it's not always about us. And it says we're supposed to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. So that means we take a step down on the rung of, of our own importance. We're supposed to help and serve the people around us. Uh, last week, we talked about the important, uh, importance of community and connection, right? We're meant to do life together with one another. That's how we've been created. We're not meant to go through life alone. And today, I want to take the next step. Uh, I want to talk about the importance of baptism. It's something that doesn't get talked about a whole lot in church. And so I'm, I'm hoping experience, uh, that we can experience this together and maybe uh, as I teach through it, maybe not, maybe not preach through it, as I teach us, we can all learn together how we can do life a better way. You guys are all right with that so far? Perfect. Um, if, you, if you don't know this, but our church today, we're finishing up. This is the last day of a 21-day uh, challenge of prayer and fasting. And uh, my, myself and Erica and the church staff and many of the core crew uh, all, all took this challenge three weeks ago uh, to give up something. Some of us gave up sweets. Some of us gave up meats and sweets and sodas and, and other things. Um, and and we, it was kind of one of those things we told everyone to pray about it. Uh, and whatever God's charging you to do, to do that. And I know for these past three weeks, man, it's been difficult. It's been tough. 
But we've been pushing through it together. We've been spending time in prayer, praying for one another, praying for you guys, praying for, for our breakthrough in whatever, whatever we're hoping for. Many of us today, we're, we're sitting here, we need a breakthrough in our finances. Some of us need a breakthrough in, in our family dynamic or our relationships. Some of us need a breakthrough at work. Some of us need a breakthrough in our health. And today, as we, as we finish up this 21 days of, of prayer and fasting, uh, I wonder if we might pray together, all of us come together and pray for these things that we're, we're hoping God will, that we're giving to God and we're saying we need a breakthrough in these areas. And so if you guys are okay with it, let's pray together for these things. Heavenly Father, you know the areas in which we struggle. You know what we're dealing with. You know what we're fighting with. You know the thing that we need you to step in and help us break through. God, I know that as, as being a follower of your son, it doesn't mean that life is easy at all. But I know that as we continue to trust you and be faithful in you, I know that you can give us the power to get through things that we couldn't get through on our own self. And so, God, I pray that in these things that even right now as we're thinking about the areas of breakthrough that we need, God, I pray that, that you would have your way in them. As we finish up these 21 days of prayer and fasting, as we've uh, taken away from ourselves and continued to focus on you, I pray that more of that would happen in these areas. I pray that you would give us the answers that we're hoping for, God, that you would set us free from the things that have held us back. And I thank you that as we continue to pursue you, the best is still yet to come. As we continue to do life following you, we experience a better way. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen and amen. Um, you know, it's funny, as, as, we, uh, as we're finishing up this, uh, this time of prayer and fasting, I don't think I've heard my wife talk more about cheesecake ever in our entire lives. Like, we're, we're, she's re we're ready at some point. We're going to get in a fight with a cheesecake, and cheesecake's going to lose. Uh, but, uh, but, man, I want to thank you for all the people that have been going through uh, this 21-day challenge with us. Today, as we talk about uh, baptism, as I, as I teach this, this is something that the church doesn't talk a whole lot about. There's, and specifically, I, I was convicted as I was doing research and looking into this. This is something that I've not talked a whole lot about. It's something that we celebrate with people. It's something that, that we do regularly here at Coastline. Uh, but I think as a church, it's something that we should uh, have an understanding a little bit more about why we do it and how we do it and the purpose and importance of it. And so as we choose life this next season to, to do life a, a better way, uh, for some of us, I think it's, it's maybe understanding the decisions that we've made or the reason why we did it. Or some of us, it's redeciding or making a decision to continue to follow Christ, to continue to commit ourselves. So specifically, when it comes to, to what Jesus says about baptism, I think it's important for us to search the Gospels and search the time, the time that he spent on this earth ministering to the people around him and what they have said and communicated about what he said I think we should look into it and, uh, wholeheartedly and, and pay attention. And one of the things I think is important is, is when you look at the words of Jesus, when you look at these guys, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as they, as they report on what Jesus said and what he taught, many of them conclude the very same, the same way, that there's this challenge at the end of his time, the last, one of the last things that he says. There's importance in, in this challenge that he gives the disciples that are around him. In the last words in red that you'll see Jesus speak, specifically in the book of Matthew, chapter 28, it says this. Jesus came and he told his disciples. He says, I have been given 
all authority in heaven and in earth. Now I want to stop right there because what he's communicating to them, he says, because of what has happened, this is after Jesus has been put to the cross. This is after he was beaten, after he was, the, the hairs of his beard was ripped out, as he, as he died on the cross as a sacrifice for, for your and I's sins. As, as he stayed in the grave for three days, as he, after he, he rose again, as he's spending time with them before he ascends back to heaven, he says this. He says, I have, a, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. He says that, that, that means that he's the boss. It means he's the one that says like, that, that no matter what way you did life before, no matter what you expected, no matter what you think the future holds, He's like, I'm the one that holds the key. I'm the one that says, like, this this is what should happen next. The buck stops with me. He says, I have been given all authority in heaven and earth. He says, therefore, because I have the authority, he says, go and make disciples. Now, one of the core values here at Coastline, the things that we believe that our church is built on is, is three things. One of them is the importance of connection. We think that we, that we should be connected uh, with God, right? We should, if we're going to love him with all, there's got to be a relational connected, connection. If we're going to love our neighbors, there should be a relational connection that we have with them. Connection is important. We believe that, that we should be growing. Spiritually, we think internally there's, there's this part that if we're healthy, we are going to continue to grow. And the last part is, is a call to action where he has called us, God has called us to to go, to put our faith into action. And so here, Jesus tells his disciples, hey, I want you to go. I want you to put your faith into action. I want you to, to put in some sweat equity. I want you to go and make disciples of all the nations. He's like, I want you to go everywhere and teach people about what you heard me say. Teach people about, about, about the way that I lived. He said, I want you to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them. Look at your neighbor and say, baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I've been given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always to the very ends of the age. For some of you, I feel like the word that you need to hear today, maybe, maybe you're feeling lonely, maybe you feel like you're, you're alone in what you're going through. The thing that you need to hear is that you're not alone. That as, as, as you continue to pursue Christ, it, it might not be perfect. What you're going through, maybe you're struggling through some stuff. That doesn't matter. As you continue to pursue him, he wants you to know you're not in this alone. You know that part where he says, I want you to baptize them in the name of the, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I want to tell you a funny story. I, uh, I recently went fishing uh, with, with a good friend of mine and. um I know you guys are really shocked about that, that I, I went fishing, I know. Um, but this, this was actually someone that, he's, he's a young man now, but he was in Eric and I's youth ministry years and years ago. And through the time, you know, we were a little concerned with him because he was, he was having, having some issues. We didn't know he was, if he was gonna really going to make it. Um, but at some point in, in his high school years, he came to me and said, hey, Brian, I want to get baptized. And, and I, as a youth pastor, I was like, man, this, this is great. Let's do this. So we got in the pool, and, and because I grew up uh, in, a, in a Pentecostal background, the way I had heard people being baptized and the things that they said was a little different than what maybe even Jesus had said. And even, even a little bit different than what I had talked about. And so I told him, I said, you know, it's my pleasure to baptize you. 
in the name of the Father. And he's sitting there with his eyes closed. And he's like, okay. He said, I said, in the name of the Son. And he's like, okay. And I said, in the name of the Holy Ghost. And when I said ghost, his eyes opened as big as you would have thought anything. They were like dinner plates. And he looked at me, and I, like, forced him down. And he, his eyes were open the whole way. And he came up. He's like, what ghost did you just put on me? Like, he had no, he had no idea. He reminded me that as we were fishing this past, uh, this past week of, uh, of, of the fact that, that, you know, even no matter what he's gone through, because of what God's still doing in him, what God did then, he's still at work. And so Jesus, he says one of the last things that he leaves this earth telling his disciples to do, he says, go and baptize. Baptism is important. If this is the last words of Jesus, it's something that we should take to heart. It's a step that we should take. But it doesn't stop there. It's not just the last thing that he challenges the disciples to do. It's also the very first thing that, the, that he challenges the disciples to do. Through his own actions, as he started out his own ministry. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 13, it says this. It says, then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptized by John. Now, John was this man that was uh, out. He was, he was preparing the way for what Jesus would do. And so as Jesus made this, uh, there were, many people believe it was like a 70-mile journey. As he walked this 70-mile journey from Galilee to, to, to see John in the Jordan River, it, you've got to understand that this was something he did by purpose. He was very purposeful in the beginning of his ministry how he would start it out. He purposely took the 70-mile journey, found John at the Jordan River baptizing people. In verse 14 in the chapter 3 of the book of Matthew, it says, But John tried to talk him out of it. As Jesus came and to be baptized by John, John tried to talk him out of it. He said, I'm the one who needs to be baptized by you. John knew who Jesus was. He said, So why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it shouldn't be done, or he said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires. So John agreed to baptize him. Now, the word baptize is not something that we, we use in everyday language. We don't talk about it in our, in our jobs or in, in, in to our neighbors or anything. It's specifically to, to this, this act that we're talking about. But where we get this word is actually from the Greek and this Greek word, this, this word comes from this word called baptizo. So it's not far off. And specifically, when, when you were to describe or understand what baptizo meant, it meant to fully immerse. And so one of the things that we learn from this is, and this is, uh, is that when it comes to baptism, when it comes to being baptized, the way that Jesus was baptized very much was to be fully immersed in the Jordan River. It wasn't one of these things where John got, got, got water and sprinkled it on his forehead. Not that that's bad. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's anything less. But if you were to talk to, to Christians from, from many different sects, whether it was Catholics uh, or Lutherans or, or whatever, they would all agree with this, that when it comes to what the Bible says about baptism, when it comes to this specific part right here, Jesus was immersed in water. And so part of the reason that we do it the way that we do it is because that's what happened to Jesus. That's what Jesus continues to command to his people. He would have used the same word. It's not a sprinkle. All, all those things are, are good, but those are based off of convenience, not necessarily based off of what happened in Jesus' life. 
The other thing that I think is key to see here is, is, is that when Jesus was baptized, Jesus was baptized somewhere around the age of 30, they believe. It wasn't one of those things that happened when he was a kid. Not to say if you were baptized as a kid, that means anything less. I'm not trying to take away from your experience or the decision that your parents made. But specifically in, in, in these days, when it comes to, to children, they weren't, they weren't baptized. When they were dedicated, it was something that happened. They were dedicated to the Lord at the age of, of eight days old. Many of us in, in here in the church, we're going to be doing it again here on Mother's Day. We've dedicated our children to the Lord. We've prayed, God, give us the strength to be able to raise them the way that you would want us to raise them. Put your protection upon them. But this specifically, that when Jesus is baptized, it's he makes the decision as an adult. And I think specifically when it, when it comes to, to our baptism, when it, when it comes to, to when, we, when, when I baptize someone, I make sure it's like, hey, is this something that, that you've decided this is something that is not decided for you. It's not done, it's not done uh, as, as a couple. It can be done as a couple, but it's not decided like one person tries to make the other person do it. This is something that is only between you and God. You're making this decision. In verse 16 of chapter 3, it says, After his baptiz baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened, and he saw Jesus, or he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settling on him. And in verse 17 it says, a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So why do we think baptism is important in our lives? I think one of the things that we've got to do, we've got to understand is if Jesus did it, it's probably important. Would everyone agree with that so far? It's important. Jesus did it, his own self, he made the decision. He, he, he purposefully did it. It wasn't by accident. He wasn't just passing by. He walked 70 miles. He did it. At the end of his ministry, at the end of his time discipling and teaching his, his followers, he commands it. So Jesus did it. Jesus then goes on and commands it. He says, I want you to go, and I want you to make disciples, and I want you to continue to baptize them. And the last thing I think is important for us to know is, is we do it because it brings joy to God, our Heavenly Father. It says right there that as Jesus was baptized, it says that the heavens opened up and a voice from heaven said, this is my son who brings me great joy. So why would it bring God joy for us to be baptized? You know, it's funny. It's one of those things that um, when people ask me, they say, Brian, like, what am I going to feel when I get baptized? What's, what's it going to feel like? First thing I say is Wet. You're going to feel real wet. You know, it's one of those things that I, I don't believe that, that, that as you're baptized, the, the water is miraculously turning into something and it changes you from the inside. I think that what we do in baptism is a public declaration of a change that we're saying is already occurring. Something that's already happened in us. It's a commitment that we're saying that, hey, on the inside, something's changing. Something is, something is different. I met Eric uh, probably 15 years ago or so. We've been married for 12 years. 13, 12? 2011. What's quick math? Uh-huh, yeah. That. 
Been married a long time. Um, when I got Erica's wedding band, uh, I like saved. I was had a youth pastor salary. I, I might have made like ten thousand dollars a year or something. It was crazy. They paid me mostly in pizza. Um, but as I saved up, by the way, do you hear you're supposed to save like six months' salary for an engagement ring? It wasn't a whole lot for me, so it worked out great. Um, but I saved up a bunch of money. I sold some things I had. I bought her this beautiful engagement ring. And then on top of that, I didn't realize that you also, you also have to buy a wedding band, which is like almost as expensive. So double for your trouble. And so when it came time for, for me to pick out a ring, I was like, dude, I don't know. Let's get something off Amazon. So literally, I've got this, uh, I've got a titanium ring. Uh, this cost me $7.44. I lie to you not. This was it. I've worn this thing for 12 or 11 years, one of the two, every day. It, it very rarely comes off my finger. But you know, if I, if I were to take this off of my finger, if tomorrow I didn't wear it, does that make me any less married? No, it doesn't. It's, it's not one of those things where, like, if, if I hadn't put this ring on, does it mean I'm, I'm not married to Erica? I sat before my friends and family and publicly declared I love her and she loves me, and we're doing life together as one. And what this is is, is just a public declaration of that commitment. I think the same thing happens through baptism. I think the reason why God loves it so much is because there's something to be said about us publicly coming before our friends, family, and community members and saying, God, you know what? My old life I'm putting aside. My new life I'm doing with you. I'm pursuing you. And I want to publicly declare a change that's happening on the inside of me. I want to declare it on the outside. I think it's important for us to do it in a specific way. So we do it, we do it publicly. We do it in, in the way Jesus did it through immersion. We do it after an independent decision is made by you. When it comes to age, I don't think I set an age of like, hey, this is, this is when a kid or someone should be baptized. I think if someone can understand what it truly is, if they can believe in Jesus, and what he did, and they know what that means, then it's an opportunity if they have made the decision to, to get baptized. So what does it mean for us? What does it mean for me? I think it means new life. In this new year, this year 2023, the season of that we're hoping for breakthrough, it's not, it's not necessarily a new year, new me, but it is an opportunity for new year, new life. The book of Romans, chapter 6, verse 4 says this. It says, for we died and were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ has raised us from the dead by the glorious power of the Father, now we also live new lives. Part of the symbolism in baptism is we say, you know what, our old life, past mistakes we've made, who we were, we're putting it to death as Christ was put to death. As we come up new, we're experiencing new life for a new creation. You know, one of the hardest things for me to do as a pastor is witness to the people in my hometown, the people that I did life with back in the day. Because it's weird, it's like, dude, like, 
I know you're preaching now, but you weren't preaching when we were smoking that stuff behind Denny's. Right? I know you say you're supposed to live life a certain way now, but we weren't living that life when we were skipping school together. You pray to God with that mouth now, but that's not what you were saying with that mouth years ago. It's tough because they don't understand that I'm, I'm, an, I'm a new creation because that part of me I've, I've put away. That past life is dead, and today I live life as a new creation, one that is committed to following Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, the Apostle Paul tells the church, he says, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. As the band comes up, I want to share this, uh, this last story. Uh, it's a story from also the book of Matthew in um, chapter 19, but it's a story of Jesus and his disciples having this interaction with a man that on the outside looked like had everything going together, had it all worked out. He comes to Jesus and he says this. He says, teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? You know, one of the things that I've struggled with as a pastor is many times when I talk to people about eternity or what happens in our lives that so many people believe it's based off of our good deeds. I've heard people say, well, I'm, I'm a good person. I would expect for this to happen. Or I've been a pretty good guy. For the most part of my life, I've been a good person. This man says the same thing. He says, what good deeds must I do to have eternal life? Jesus responds with this. He says, why ask me about what is good? He said, there's only one who is good. But to answer your question, if you want to receive eternal life, he said, keep the commandments. And he refers to, in the Torah, the, the, the Ten Commandments, the Old Covenant, or what would be the Old Covenant that God had with the Israelite nation. The man responded, he said, which ones? And Jesus replied, you must not murder. You must not commit adultery. You must not steal. You must not testify falsely. You must honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. He, read, he literally recites it straight from, straight from the Torah. The man responded, he said, I've obeyed all these commandments. What else must I do? And Jesus told him, he says, if you want to be perfect, go and sell your possessions and give the money to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. But when the young man heard this, he went away sad for he had, he had many possessions. I believe that when Jesus asked a lot of the questions that he was asking of people, he already knew the answer. He knew the way where they would respond. He knew the thought process that they were going through based off of what they had been taught. And so he tells them, he says, well, if, if you want to go to, if you want to experience 
eternal life because of your good deeds. He's like, you've got to follow these commandments. Knowing that as he read them off, the people around him would have said, well, I've messed up in this area. I've messed up in that area. Even as the man says he's checking it off in his mind of, I've done all these things, I've been perfect. Jesus says, well then, give up all that you have. Give your, surrender your, your social status. Surrender your influence. Surrender your identity. Then come and follow me. And the man didn't do it. I think what Jesus is trying to communicate there is that it's not based off of how good of a person you are, the works that you do. I think it's based off of who you believe in and who you'll follow. Acts chapter 16, verse 31 says this. It says, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. If you want to know the things I think that you've got to do in order to be baptized, I think you just got to believe in Jesus Christ. And I think if, if you truly do that, it doesn't mean you got to know everything about what the Bible says. It doesn't mean that you've got to have a theological degree. I think it starts with belief. I think the rest of it comes as you pursue that relationship. But I think the huge step after belief is public declaration of who you're going to follow. You know, even as I stood on that stage 11 or 12 years ago and told Erica, I love you, for richer or poor, better or worse, sickness and health, I, I didn't know everything about her. And she didn't know everything about me probably a good thing but she knew enough and I knew enough that we're meant to do life together and I think for many of us when it comes to baptism that's what it's all about understanding that your life is better following him than it was in the past and so today for some of us maybe you've not made the decision for yourself maybe it's not something you made independently Maybe it's a decision that you made a long, long, long time ago and it's time to remake that decision. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I don't think there's anything wrong with being baptized again. There's a day in which I might stand before my friends and family again and publicly declare and confess my love for Erica and marriage. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Maybe it's something that, that you've not made the decision or you want to remake the decision. I want to challenge you to do it today. I, I don't think it's going to be anything that's magical or that you'll feel different other than wet right away. But I do think it's important enough that before Jesus did anything else in this earth, ministry-wise, this was the first thing he did. And the last thing he did 
at the end of his ministry, his time communicating to God's people and us, he says this is important. And the fact that God Almighty, creator of heaven and earth, opens up the skies and says, this is something that brings me joy. For us to publicly declare we're following him, I think is important. And so I want to challenge you to do it. Today, uh, at the end of service, I'll be in the breezeway. would love to talk to you about it. If you've never made that decision for yourself or you want to remake that decision, please come and find me, talk to me. If, if you want to, if it's one of those things like, I don't, I don't know if I want to come talk to you right away, or, or you can actually text in uh, the keyword baptism to 386-200-9818. But I think it's important when we do this. I think it's important for us to celebrate as a church community as people do this. And so I want to invite you to come out tonight at 5 o'clock at Flagler Avenue. It's not, it doesn't look like it's going to be cold at all. Water's going to be a little chilly, but that's all right. Come hang out with me. I'll be out there in my skinny jeans, wet and shivering probably, big bonfire. But I'm not going to care because we're going to be celebrating with people this outward step of what they're saying has happened internally. And we'll be celebrating that the best is still yet to come. Amen? Today, I, uh, if you are already a fully committed follower of Christ, um, if you've been baptized and made this decision, and I think the challenge for you to understand is that when it comes to sacrifice and surrender, these are important things to Jesus. It's not about the good works that we do. It's not about, I think it's about the position of our heart and how we take it. I think, I think what we do on the outside does speak about what's happening on the inside. That's why I continue every day to wear this wedding band. And I think that's why we do what we do as a church. And so I want to challenge you to maybe think through your relationship with Christ. And if there's something that you need to surrender, if there's something that you need to sacrifice and let go of, maybe today's the day where you, you do that. I know this, that every time I've put my faith in him and trusted in him, no matter how fearful it was, no matter how big the decision, he's never let me down. He's not going to let you down. So continue being a follower. So tonight at 5 o'clock, I want to invite you out, celebrate with your church as people make this public declaration. It's going to be fantastic. I hope to see you there. Uh, if you're interested, I'll be in the breezeway. I'd love to talk to you about it. Or you can text in. I think you can even find it on the Church Center app. Not the Church Center app, which it kind of sounds like every time we say it, but Church Center app. Also, I want to let you know that next week, I'm really excited. I'm starting a brand new collection of talks called Committed. As we go into the Valentine's Day season, we're going to talk about love and relationships. We're not going to just talk about marriage we're going to talk about the commitments that we make, what it looks like then to, to follow through on yes when we say yes. And so I hope to have you guys come back next week for the start of that. I'm going to pray for us, and the band's going to come up, and we're going to continue worship one more time. You guys okay with this? Let's stand up all across this room. Jesus, I thank you so much for what you've done for us. Jesus, I pray that there would never be a time in which as followers of you, we would shrink back and hide that fact. God, I know that, that you 
find joy when we make these public declarations, when we let people know that we surrender our past lives and continue to pursue and follow your son. And so I pray that you would give people encouragement, that your Holy Spirit would come down and encourage those that have already started to make that decision. Again, I thank you for the time in which we get to celebrate all together here later today. As we, as followers of Christ, surrender these things to you, as we sacrifice the things that have been holding us back, I pray that you would show us the way to break through. And I thank you so much for what's to come. As we continue to pursue you, we believe the best is still yet to come. And we declare it. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.